I'm good. I, I want to play a role play game with you really quick. Oh, okay. I'm down. All right. What are we doing? Right. So, so you're Craig Titley. I'm Mark Guggenheim. Okay. So you wrote the first film. I wrote the second. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Flip the Scripts. My name is Stephen Iman. And I'm Ankit Madeira. Welcome to the show where Stephen and I talk about books and then their film or TV adaptations. This week, we're continuing with Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters. And oh boy. (laughs) That's how Uh, we feel, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we feel. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, uh, just a really quick recap of the last three episodes. Percy Jackson is one of Onkit's favorite series, so I thought, why not start out with a bang with this show and make Onkit relive some of the most tragic adaptations in the world? So I had never seen the films, or if I had seen the first one, it was such a traumatic experience that I forgot that I ever watched the first one. Yeah. I am now seriously questioning my friendship with Steven, no. considering that this is what he has decided that we start our first month of 2024 with. Yeah! <laughs> hey, we're going into a good adaptation next. I, Hunger Games was loved by many people. Just, just to announce our next week's episode will be Hunger Games. We have to like, still talk about this week, though, and I don't want to. It's a horrible film. It's okay. No, join it us, isn't. <laughs> join us next week for Hunger Games. Just help us get through this one. As you can tell, I'm very excited to be here. It's just... <laughs> so where we left off was uh, Tyson, Annabeth, and Percy uh, had just been in a boat. They all kind of gave a tragic backstory and stuff. Minus Percy, who doesn't have one, apparently. Uh and they Which all is end weird up... because in the book, this is one of the biggest. Yeah. <laughs> so we all end up <laughs> at the Sea of Monsters. Uh, and uh, we see our first monster of the Sea of Monsters. Um, hey, 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 hey. Technically, I'm claiming that the hippocampi that they were on earlier was rainbow. Because uh, that, why shouldn't it be rainbow? Technically speaking... Rainbow is a monster. Not in the Sea of Monsters, but Rainbow is a monster. And so is Tyson. So... So we end up getting (laughs) swallowed by the Carbidus. Which, for those who don't know, in the book, there are two monsters that defend the entrance to the Sea of Monsters. Now, the Sea of Monsters is in Greek mythology. Uh, the Carbidus, and I think its name is... It starts with an S. I'm forgetting the name. Can you help me out? I'll look it up real quick while you keep rambling. Is it Skelia or Stelia or something like that? That sounds right. That uh, sounds yeah. right. So the two monsters come at it together, and either you get killed, one at sea, or one by the air. Um, and Rick is really brilliant. He knows how the Sea of Monsters works. He wrote it in the book, so they arrive together. Guess what the film did? They did There's one and not one. the other. Um, so, also, I found it. I think it might be pronounced Skilla. You were very Skilla. close. It's yeah. 
It's S-C-Y-L-L-A. So my best guess is that it would be pronounced Skilla. Sorry if I butchered yes, the pronunciation. <laughs> I think the short S sound doesn't really exist in Greek mythology. Yeah, my guess is Skilla. Cool. If anyone so, knows it better, let us know. We apologize. Remember, words are hard, everybody. Words are hard. <laughs> words uh, are hard. So we end up getting like basically having a cool uh, amusement park ride yay down the throat of a monster and we survive because that makes sense you know so already it's a big mouth it just hasn't like you know had to chew like a monster that big doesn't necessarily need to chew look it's the same way in finding nemo they get swallowed by a whale but do they get chewed by the whale no so like you know, a big, yeah, but there's a big no, monster like that might not have to chew them. Th- there's no proof that people can survive in a monster's stomach. There's no proof to say that they can't survive in a monster's stomach. Yes, but Rick didn't write them getting swallowed. Oh, yeah, no, that's besides the point. But um, I'm just arguing the fact that, like, there's no proof that people can't survive in a monster's stomach. Okay, so we end up meeting... Uh, <laughs> We end up in the stomach of Carpetus, which I'm like, cool. I guess we're swallowed by a monster, whatever. Uh, and like, the, and then they mention like, isn't Clarice supposed to be on this quest too? Like, I wonder where they're at. I wonder if they've already gotten the fleece. And they then look all friends. of a sudden, all of a sudden they see the CSS Birmingham, which, by the way, is not named in the film. For those who don't know, the CSS Birmingham is supposed to be a Confederate soldier ship. Because when people lose a war, they have to pledge their internal loyalty of undeadness to Ares. Until they then complete that pledge and then they get released kind of deal. Yeah. So, like, that's why when these skeletons come up and then they help Clarice, then after this quest, they'll be allowed to go on and live in, you know, probably the fields of Asphodel because they don't deserve happiness in elysium no because they're confederates i mean yeah one that and two one that and two they lost a war yeah sure i mean i don't know like you know some i'm sure that some people were evil on both sides some people were good on both sides you know oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. a hundred percent it's the evil is not a black and white thing uh so they 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 end up getting on the this ironclad confederate ship uh and and like they're like oh look zombies and they're like we we don't like that term if you want to call us that that's fine and i'm like ah okay fine let's make fun of zombies let's we're going there we're going there um just so you know in the book we get on the cs birmingham before we meet scarbidus and skilla Mm-hmm. And that's how we get into the Sea of Monsters is through her boat. And the boat ends up exploding and Tyson goes down with the ship. It's a really emotional thing. It's supposed to get Annabeth and Percy alone so they can have an adventure together and get better acquainted. Like, that's the point. But Tyson's still with us and the boat's not going to sink in the stomach and it's fine. So There are no uh, stakes. Yeah. So Percy then goes up to Clarice and Clarice is like, what? You know, I hate you. Da, 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 da. You're stupid. I'm like, thanks, fake Clarice. Can I call you faux Clarice? You're just not. You're full Reese. You're not Clarice. You're just faux Reese. All right. So we're just calling her full Reese for the rest of the show? 
Yeah, because like faux, like fake, and then Reese, because that's part of her name. Cool, cool, cool. So for Reese. Yeah, for Reese <laughs> uh, goes, uh, yeah, we're not going to get out of here. We're about to be like absorbed by all the stomach acid of Carbonus. And Percy's like, I have an idea. Why don't you steer the boat, even though I'm the son of a Poseidon and I'm actually really good at, cert- you know, driving boats water. and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really good everything. at water. <laughs> and I'll shoot the cannon that's on top of the boat at the stomach and we'll give it a stomachache so it throw us up okay here's what i have to say about this right one none of this happens in the book the way that they escape carbidus and skilla is very interesting very intense go read the book because we can't do it justice talking about it but it's super super intense and really really cool very well written that being said this is not Percy's worst plan that we've seen him come up with in either the first or the second film. Now, that also being said, I don't understand why he didn't think, hmm, maybe me, the son of the sea god, should be the one steering the boat and Faurice the not the son the daughter of the war god should be firing the cannon that's an oversight on his part but the plan itself not the worst plan so so they start firing at the internal stomach lining of the monster um (laughs) and can i just say this is supposed to be a confederate ship yes if the Confederates had this kind of firepower in the actual Civil War, they would have won the Civil War. Like, we would have, yeah, literally, uh, sorry, the Confederates. The world would have looked to... significantly different. Yeah, so I don't understand why, but all right. So they, they end up blowing up her stomach and they end up escaping. Uh, and yay, cool, they're in the Sea of Monsters, and now we can have an adventure where Percy and Annabeth are going to see all this stuff, right? Nope. Right? Nope. No, we're going to go straight to the island where the Golden Fleece is. Oh, also, another gripe that I have with the island in the film compared to the book. Hold on, we, before now, we even get mind. to the island, hold on, hold on, hold on. We've just hold skipped on. six chapters. <laughs> yeah, um, we have skipped the fact that also the explanation of what the mortal, moral, the, the mortal, words are hard, the mortal world thinks that the Sea of Monsters is. They explain it very well in the book that a lot of people like in the mortal world actually know about the Sea of Monsters, but they call it the Bermuda Triangle. It makes so much sense. Like there are so many things that, oh, also for listeners that are just listening and aren't looking at the video, Steven and I just like mimed like our minds being blown I just realized that, like, maybe we should explain what we're doing if we're doing hand gestures, because you can't see us if you're just listening to the audio. But anyway. We still appreciate you if you're audio only, by the way. Oh, thank you you. so much. That's why I wanted to explain to you what the awkward pause was. Um, Because I don't want you to feel left out. (laughs) We love the audio only as much as we love the video, people. We love you all equally. Yeah. Look, you're listening to the show. Thank you so much. For some reason, you've decided to listen to two people who 
have a lot of opinions. At the end of the day, their opinions don't mean anything. So thanks for listening. Anyway, what I was saying, the Sea of Monsters, the Bermuda Triangle, right? It makes sense. So many things are unexplainable that are said to happen in the Bermuda Triangle between ships disappearing, planes disappearing, like people just randomly popping up and then disappearing again. Like so many abnormal things that it's explained very well. And Rick does a really nice job being like, okay, so this is what this is. Also, he takes from Greek mythology and he's like, okay, so the sirens are in the Sea of Monsters, Circe's in the Sea of Monsters. I'm sure I'm missing a couple of other cool things that we see at the Sea of Monsters that I'm forgetting about. Blackbeard. <laughs> Literal Blackbeard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's part of Circe. So um <laughs> But I love I love the fact that Blackbeard's in the in the book. Like literally it's the cool Edward Teach. It's literally one of the coolest cameos in the book and i was oh, yeah. so excited to see a blackbeard on screen i was so down and admit and then i got so sad but like they call this the sea of monsters and we see one monster well we do get to see the cyclops okay so they've gotten to the bare minimum of monsters to be able to use the plural (laughs) so we go straight from escaping carbonus to cersei land and polythemus island which in the book doesn't exist so cersei is its own island and we do visit it percy gets turned into a guinea pig it's very funny uh and anaba saves him um because she hates men that's all part of her story. Um, um, Cersei, not Annabeth. Yes. Cersei, <laughs> not Annabeth. Thank you, Ankit, for explaining what I thought I was very clear about. <laughs> um, and then uh, hilarity ensues, and uh, you know, Percy steals Blackbeard's ship and ends up owning that ship for a while of the book. Very cool. Very excited about it. Uh, I love queen anne's revenge when it's seen on screen so many people have done it differently i think the pirates one is probably the most interesting queen anne's revenge but we could talk about blackbeard another time which one is the one in pirates in the fourth film blackbeard's ship is the queen anne's revenge no no no. i know blackbeard's ship it's in the fourth one yeah on stranger tides oh okay okay i mean it's not a great film it's probably like one of the weakest of like all five but like still i like blackbeard the fourth one is blackbeard and then the fifth one is the one where they're trying to like break the curse of davy jones with uh what's his face's kid orlando bloom who i'm uh will turner's kid right yeah, but they're not bringing the curse of Davy Jones. They're, they're just fighting the guy who's, like, trying to kill them because Jack gave up the compass. No, in the fifth one? Yeah, in the fifth one. Like, no, no, no. Davy, Davy Jones the... is in the first three. No, no, no. Davy Jones is in the first three, and then Will ends up in the third one. Also, spoilers for the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, because apparently that's not what we're talking about. But um, in the third film, Will Turner stabs Davy Jones's heart, and then... He takes over running Davy Jones's ship, which I'm blanking on what it is called, but he ends up taking over that one, right? And then the fourth one is the one with Blackbeard and stuff, but then the fifth one 
is like Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan slash Turner's kid. And then he gets Jack and Barbosa's help to then get like the trident or something. I think it's like a oh, trident yeah. of Poseidon. There's so there's that, a curse on the Flying Dutchman, and yeah, yeah, and yeah, and, yeah. and it's like if you break that trident or something, you get uh you can break free or something like that. Like that's the fifth one. Okay, so so the fourth one is the one that has Blackbeard. Yeah. Okay, that's the one that I've seen the least. Um, usually that- if i'm watching them i'll watch the first three and stop <laughs> <laughs> just like most people i also think pirates uh pirates of the caribbean technically is an adaptation we could ride the ride at disneyland and then talk about the first film i gotta come to i gotta get to the ride but also i thought the whole point of this was uh technically we were doing script uh text in some way shape or form i think it still counts Okay, listeners, let us know if you want us to do it, and uh, next time I end up in California, we'll, we'll go, film us going we'll, on the ride. We'll film us we'll going on the ride, the... and then we'll talk about it. The um, film. <laughs> but uh, only if the listeners want us to talk about them. Fair. And we'll um, only do the first one. <laughs> so we go straight to Cersei land, which is now combined with Polythemus Island. Apparently, Cersei opened up a theme park, which she would never do because it would be it would be for boys and girls uh and then a bunch of monsters attacked and so it, it just sits empty so it's an empty hey, theme hey. park i'm just saying though cersei could have opened up a theme park i'm i'm here to play devil's advocate i agree it's it's stupid and it shouldn't have happened however for the sake of entertainment cersei could have opened up a theme park and then just not admitted men Oh, okay. Like, I mean, like, they did do that in American history, just not with men, but... <laughs> Fair. I just think I just think it's really lame and, and a dumb change for no reason. I agree. It's a very stupid change. I'm just here to play devil's advocate, because why not? Fair. So, but you, <laughs> they combined it with Polythemus' island, which, again, makes no sense. Uh, and Grover's there. And Grover's not... Uh, so, in the book, Grover is, throughout the book hidden as a cyclops bride pretending to be another cyclops to be married to <laughs> the cyclops so polythemus who's blind in one eye because in greek mythology he fought um odysseus uh and odysseus blinded his eye um one eye because he is a polythemus uh no it's because he's a cyclops polythemus is his name steven no that, that's what i meant because he's a cyclops uh <laughs> and in the story of polythemus that's what happens um but then they end up on the island and grover is not <laughs> a cyclops bride grover is pretending to be a cyclops helper uh no 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 he is he is pretending to be a bride not in the film yes he is he's not in a dress in the film Yes, he is. He's not. He's literally wearing a skirt. No, I know, but he's not. He's pretending he's not going to be married to. Like, there's no mention of wedding. There's no mention of bride. There's no mention of wedding at all. Okay, maybe I just assumed, but fair. So so they end up there, and you learn that all the half-bloods that went with Grover to get the fleece, (laughs) Polythemus ate them. Oh, wait, we forgot to mention. Um... The Clarice, 
uh, Seder, whose name I am forgetting. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's gone. Um, yeah, he fought Skilla and, like, effed off. <laughs> no, 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 he didn't fight Skilla. He just got eaten by, I think, Carbidus? No, no, they said he fought Skilla. Like, he went after Skilla and effed off. That's literally what they said in the film. <laughs> That's a line. Because <laughs> they, like, they forgot to put Skilla in the film, but they put it as a one-off line. They were like, where's where's the guy? And he's like, oh, he effed off and fought. <laughs> no, he got eaten. <laughs> yeah, he got eaten. Clarice guy is gone. <laughs> Which is sad. He was he was a vibe. He was a see him and and Smelly Gabe from the first film. I give credit. To. <laughs> hey, that guy. I don't know who he is. Hold on, I'm gonna try to figure out the actor's name real quick. And I think I have it. See if I can find it. But uh, nope, 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 nope. Um, this is not going well. Jordan Weller, I think his name is. All right, if we have the right person, Jordan Weller, well done. I hope you have had a good, you know, career after that because you deserved it. You committed wholeheartedly. I think Percy Jackson, see if monsters is the most famous thing he's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. but no, no, no. it seems no, he... like he's had good filmography and has done other work. So good to him. Good to he him. Was he, worked. Boy, till he, he was in Jack Boy. He was in Smallville. He was in the thing called Jack. It literally is just called Jack. Yeah. <laughs> so no, yeah, it is. It is Jordan Weller. I was right. <laughs> well done, Jordan Weller. Shout out to you if you ever want to come on the pod. Just. Give us a message. We would love to have you. We yeah, appreciate your energy in this film. We, we wish you were you in it more. Glory! <laughs> it was. It was. It was incredible. I mean, he he understood his assignment. He delivered. Was he in the book? No. But like, was he a very well added addition to this film? Yes. <laughs> we'll give Mark credit for one thing. Um I don't know. We 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 gotta give Mark credit for trying. Again, he wasn't set up for success. He no. made his own mistakes. He made his own mistakes, but he wasn't set up for success and he tried to introduce things because it felt like Mark kinda read the book. Yeah. It didn't feel like Craig read the book. It felt like Mark kinda read the book. Yeah, so we end up in Polythemus' island. We see Grover. Yay, we're going to save him. Uh, and then we trap Polythemus in his own cave with his own boulder. Yep. That he moves regularly. Yep. Because that makes sense. Yep. And then we run into Luke uh, and Tyson. By the way, that's completely different of how it happens in the book. Yeah. We'll explain. We'll explain after we explain what happens. We run into Luke, and uh, Tyson has a fake death out here for some reason. Uh, Which in the book, he dies much earlier on. Or fake dies much earlier on. Yeah, yeah, Um, Uh, And now it's just Percy and Luke being with the Golden Fleece being taken to Kronos, where Kronos... Is sarcophagus is laying in the middle of Cersei land in the middle of an amusement park. Um, in the book, uh, do you want to talk about what Polythemus's island is like in the book, Ankit? Yeah, okay. So Polythemus's island, first of all, is not the same as Cersei Island. They are two separate places, very different places. Now, Polythemus also has a lot of sheep. 
And he loves his sheep. He takes care of his sheep. He tends to his sheep. He loves his sheep. They are wonderful. They are also his source of food, but, like, you know, that's why he takes such good care of his sheep. He doesn't eat them all the time. They are said to have very nice fluffy wool. It's really nice. We have a whole, like, sequence of Annabeth and Percy trying to save Grover, where Annabeth and Percy have to use Annabeth's secret hat and her Yankee cap which I understand it needs to be the Yankees for the sake of the story, but, like, ugh, the Yankees. Anyway. They're New Yorkians. Come on. Again, I understand why it should be the Yankees. That doesn't mean I have to like the Yankees. I mean, yeah. But also, I think the funny thing is, they're not even just trying to save Grover. They're trying to to save save themselves. They have to save Clarice as well in the book. Because <laughs> Clarice, because so Clarice ruins Grover's disguise in the book and shows to basically to Polythemus that Grover is a satyr. And Percy's like, "Oh, you're such a stupid idiot!" Which like Percy Jackson is amazing at. Uh, and basically, he's like, "Okay, we will eat satyr together, and I will marry you." And he points at Clarice, so he wants to marry now Clarice, and so he traps them both in the in his cave and he goes to find stuff that will be good to cook with Grover. Uh, And then he goes to find that on his other side of the island where there's man eating sheep. Yeah. There are also two bits to the island, which is very important in the book. You have Island one over here, a bridge and Island two over here. That's Polythemus's whole, like, you know, thing. Um, for the listeners that were listening, I was showing it with my hands, but hopefully yeah. you've understood the grasp of what I was talking about. <laughs> One half has the golden fleece and the man-eating goats. The other half has Grover and Clarice. Yeah, so uh, Percy and Annabeth, because they play the nobody trick on Polythemus. For those who don't know, that is how that was Odysseus's... Uh, name he used when he fought polythemus the first time so polythemus has a grudge against nobody go read the book it explains it a lot better than we can because no of course and i think we're not mythology mythology i mean but rick rick really understands the odyssey and he really writes like he kind of he borrows a lot from homer's story and really uses it well to tell Mm -hmm. um so then, uh, you know, with the success of that, uh, Grover and Annabeth, you know, Annabeth gets almost killed by Polythemus, uh, pretending to be nobody. But Percy saves Grover and Clarice. They end up getting the lovely Golden Fleece. Uh, and Tyson shows up to help as well. So Tyson comes back from the dead. And this is, is where it's revealed Tyson's okay. Tyson's fine. And, you know, he didn't blow up in the explosion because he's fireproof, but he did get knocked out a little bit and, you know, sunk into the ocean. But guess who was there? It was Rainbow and Rainbow was there following Tyson because Rainbow wanted to play with Tyson and Rainbow was hoping that they could play together. So then, like, you know, Tyson was like, oh, thanks, Rainbow. So Rainbow saves Tyson and then Tyson's like, look, we can play 
but we also need to go find Percy and Annabeth. We don't know where they are. And so they go on an adventure to try to find them. Like, he's like, all right, Rainbow, like, let's go see. Again, that's the, I want to, I want to hear about it. Like, how, how did they find Percy and Annabeth? What did they potentially have to fight underneath the Sea of Monsters? So then, Percy uses the Golden Fleece to save Annabeth's life. Uh, and gives her to Clarice, and they try to escape to the Queen's Anne's revenge. Uh, and Polythemus, you know, fights, you know, fights to try to stop him. Uh, and they throw a giant boulder, and it knocks out the boat. They are able to escape thanks to Rainbow and many other friends, um, which is great. And they end up in Florida. That is the entire of the Polythemus Island bit of the book that is the that is the true rick riordan stamped sea of monsters that is the end that is the last time they step foot in the sea of monsters that is like that's it that's it now before we get to what happens in the film because uh it is nowhere near the same and we have a lot of thoughts we're gonna take a very quick snack break and then we will come back and talk about how the film just threw all of that out the window. <laughs> Welcome back to your snack break. So, uh, before we continue, um, Ankit, have you ever watched like a car accident and how the time just slows down and you're just watching horror as the world collapses around that one, that person in the accident? Like in real life or in film? Well, that's the end of this film. <laughs> <laughs> it is a car accident. It is a no. travesty. No, 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 Stephen. Stephen, Stephen, Stephen. This film is not a car accident. Because a car accident, people can still come out of it unscathed. Oh, fair. This is a car explosion. <laughs> yes. So... We had, Luke for, for, for context, ladies and gentlemen, pretty much what happens in most of the rest of this film either doesn't happen in the books at all or doesn't happen until like book four or five of the series. <laughs> so, so we end up... Uh... We end up getting captured by Grover and taking this, taking to the sarcophagus, and and Luke's like, "Ha! I used you so I could have the golden fleece to bring back Kronos." All right, okay. cool. I guess that's this is gonna happen. So he puts it on Kronos. Tyson comes back in like two minutes, so we don't really care about his death. And he like fights Luke with Percy, and everyone's fighting, and you don't really care about everyone because by this point of the film, you're like, "All right." I'm a bit done. Um, <laughs> I'm not and... going to lie. At this point in the film, because I was at home at this time as I was watching it, I was sitting in the living room watching this, and my mom came over, and she was like, how much attention do you need to pay? And at this point in the film, I was like, what do you need me to do? And like, she gave me like vegetables to cut while I was watching this film. <laughs> so I was sitting here like cutting vegetables, being like, why am I watching this? I'm literally watching this just because I need to talk about this. I don't want to be watching this. And like, I'm sitting here like, you know, cutting carrots or whatever. I don't remember what it was, but I'm just like, 
why like what is the, what is the point of this entire end oh <laughs> so uh also by the way at this point clarice and percy in the film are becoming very friendly uh which like, i have my own more issues friendly with. than percy and annabeth <laughs> Like, like it's almost like they're gonna end up together as a relationship, but I'm like, can we not like, can we not just have a girl on screen who is friends with the main character, or even just like not friends, but they're just like platonic to each other? No, apparently not. Um, uh, so it's the 2010s. They need uh, apparently they need a sex drive to fuel any type of uh, character development. I I'm will sorry, say, there's think, no character development. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think Twilight came out around this era. And I mean, I hate Twilight and I don't want to do it for the show. I will if you force me to. But like, again. I personally have never read Twilight. I've never seen Twilight. I have been to the town where they filmed Twilight. Because I grew up in Washington. So I've been to Forks, Washington. I know that there's a team Jacob. There's a team Edward. One of them's a vampire. One of them is a werewolf. I think Edward's the vampire, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, that Edward's was mean from what I've understood. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, the only reason that you or I, I think, would ever do the Twilight series is if the listeners really want us to do the Twilight series. It's not something that I feel either of us would be like, hey... Let's do this. Tell you what, if our if we can get to a thousand subscribers by the end of twenty twenty four, so next year. Well, how about how about this? When we hit a thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel, which is we'll called do Forge. Twilight, which is Co op Forge. Um, if anyone is listening and trying to find it. Uh, from what I have learned in typing it in, you might have to search Co-op Forge podcast for it to show up fully. Otherwise, if you just put in Co-op Forge, sometimes you get a uh, Halo and, you know, video games. So uh, if you just add podcast to it, but if we get a thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel, doesn't matter where you listen. Like, again, like as we said earlier, thank you so much for listening. Whatever you're listening on, it really means the world to us. Thank you so much. But if you want us to do Twilight, we will do the Twilight series if we, if not if, when we hit a thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel. So, so I'm worried now. <laughs> yeah. Back to the back to the back to this movie. Um so here we are. Uh the Golden Fleece is on top of the Kronos sarcophagus. Uh and uh it's it's doing stuff. It it is it, it's going. So um I'm good. I I want to play a role play game with you really quick. Oh, okay. I'm down. All right. What are we doing? Right. So so you're Craig Titley. I'm Mark Guggenheim, okay? So you wrote the first film. I wrote the second film. Okay. Yeah. So, wait, wait, so, wait, 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 wait. I have a quick question before we get into this. Yeah. Am I proud of my work on the first film? Uh, we'll say yes for just context. Great, great, great. Look, uh, th- again, like I just needed to know. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> hi, Craig. So, uh, so they've they've tasked me with writing the Sea of Monsters. Um, I know that you left out some stuff from the first 
film. Uh, did you forget to put Kronos in the first film? Yeah, I just couldn't figure out a way to fit him into the story where it didn't feel weird. Oh, because like Kronos is a big part of like the narrative. So now I need to figure out how to put him in the second film. Yeah, well, maybe if you throw him into the end of the second film and kind of introduce him there, it might work. So then, you know, you can continue the storyline in the sequels. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, Craig. So, so Craig, of course, forgot to introduce Kronos in the first film. So Mark is like, I'm going to introduce Kronos. Then Mark went, but I want to eat my cake, too. So he said, Kronos got to come back to life in full body. So what happens? Kronos becomes a giant titan on screen. And for the first time in media since, I mean, even Hercules didn't have Kronos in it, even though we had titans. In the first time in media that I remember, we've, we have Kronos on screen. And he looks like a CGI monster. Hey, Sebastian, as you're editing this, can you toss up just a picture of Kronos from this uh, real oh. quick into the edit? Thanks, man. And for those who are listening, please just, when you get home, when you're done with your drive or your walk-in or whatever, please just research what Kronos looked like. Just in look it film. up. We'll, we'll post it on social media. So if you are following Co-op Forge or Flip the Scripts on social media, you'll see a picture of it. I'll post it on social media so you guys don't even have to try very hard to do that. And, you know, the links to socials will be down in the description. But, yeah. I have a a feeling, and and you can maybe back me up on this on Kit, whether you feel this is true or not. I have a feeling when they were working on this film (laughs) that uh, Fox came to them and said, hey... We haven't greenlit the sequel yet. We don't know if you're going to get to the third book. So Mark went, cool, let's go all out. Let's go balls to the walls. Let's introduce the main bad guy who doesn't get resurrected to the fourth freaking book here. I don't even feel like it's like that. I legitimately feel that as they were doing it and how much backlash they were getting, they probably just were like, you know what? We've already invested this much money. They went to Mark and they were like, look, Mark, we're really sorry, but there isn't going to be a sequel. I feel like they already knew. They knew that there was not going to be a sequel. And Mark was like, well, we're going to just finish it all in this book, I guess. I'd like to believe that, except for the ending of the film tells me they were planning a sequel. Oh, right, right, right. Uh... So, like, I think that Mark wanted to, again, he wanted to eat his cake, too. (laughs) Why do you have to make valid points, Stephen? Because I'm here, all right? (laughs) Because I'm, because we have brains and we watch the same film. Um... (laughs) So, Listeners, uh, I'm so sorry if any of you sat through this entire film. Um, if you enjoyed it, could you tell us why? If you enjoyed it, you probably never read the book. I, I think I think that's the key of this film, is if you've never read the book, you might enjoy it. But here's the thing. Even my mom doesn't know anything about these books, right? And I was home 
watching this film. And even my mom was like, what is, what? And like, she wasn't fully paying attention to the film because like she was going in and out and like doing work, but like it was on the TV and I was watching it. And she was like, what is happening? Even she was confused. Yes, she didn't sit and watch the whole thing, but even she was confused on what was going on. So here we are. Final boss revealed in movie two. It's not like Harry Potter, you know, like, okay. So like in Harry Potter, at least you could say Voldemort stayed alive to the last freaking book. Um, so, or other franchises, but so here we are, Percy versus Kronos. So Percy's going to fight Kronos with Riptide. No, 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 no. But before that, Percy has to have his whole existential crisis of like, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. This isn't supposed to be me. I'm not the hero to save anybody. And then Grover and Annabeth have to be like, no, we believe in you, Percy. It's okay. We love you. You're the hero. And then like, you're the chosen one, Harry. Yeah, and then, like, they're like, oh, who here thinks that Percy's the hero? And Annabeth and Grover raise their hands, but Percy still doesn't believe it. And then they all look at Clarice, and Clarice is like, fine, I guess he's the hero, too. And then Percy believes it, because Clarice has now said something. It makes no sense. Oh, also, Tyson voted yes as well. Or if Tyson was in the scene, he would have voted yes. Yeah, Tyson's not back yet. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, he still thinks it's his fault his brother died. Uh, so he's fighting, oh he uh... he does also feel really bad. And credit to this Logan. little bit where he does feel bad. He is like all Tyson ever wanted was a brother. I never called him brother. I never truly gave him you know the love that he probably deserved. And throughout the book, Percy is fighting this battle where you know he does care about tyson but then he's also mad at poseidon for kind of having tyson so it's like this weird dichotomy but then when tyson he thinks that tyson's dead he does truly feel that way um and like sad so like i am glad that like they they butchered his death sure but they they left this little nugget in and i appreciated that they left that little nugget in so, uh, Cronus comes back and Percy's like, I have to fight this guy now. So Percy and Cronus start fighting. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before Percy and Cronus start fighting, they free themselves. Oh, but well, then... yeah, but that, that happened after Luke, the, he fights with Luke first before over the fleece. And then I skipped ahead a couple. I keep, yeah. Stop skipping. <laughs> so, but like, no, they, they, they free, they fight Luke. Luke puts the fleece on Carlos. Tyson comes back, reveals it's a fake death. And then Cronus no. comes back to life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when Cronus comes back to life. Cronus is back to life. And then Cronus eats Luke and Grover. Not Grover. Yeah, he does. He eats Grover. Does he? Yeah. I didn't remember eating Grover in the film. I thought he ate he, everyone else. No, because no, Grover's like there. And then he gets eaten. <laughs> no, I thought he just ate Luke. I, I, sw- I saw him eat other Half-Bloods. Like he literally was just like eating Half-Bloods. He grabs Grover and eats Grover. It's very fleeting and very quick. And it's in that same thing where he's eating other Half-Bloods. But he also technically eats Grover. I don't remember that. Maybe it's so bad I put that out of my memory. <laughs> 
He eats Grover. I I swear he eats Grover. I don't. He he eats Luke Grover and some other half bloods before he battles Percy. I don't remember Grover getting eaten. Like Gro- Grover gets swallowed whole. And just down the throat. I'm sorry for listeners. You yeah, don't deserve that. Yeah, he does that. consume Luke and Grover. Wow. I told you. I told yeah. you. You didn't believe so then, me. And then Percy realizes that Riptide is the cursed blade. We won't talk about how that shits on the entire franchise for a second. That's uh, all we're going to say because we don't want to ruin what the cursed blade actually is, which I have an issue about that too slightly, but like whatever. Um, and then he fights Kronos and, you know, kicks some ass and, and wins. Yeah, because apparently uh, Percy is the same strength as Poseidon, Hades, and Zeus put together in this world. Also in this world, because Poseidon helped kill Kronos, you know, because Greek mythology doesn't exist. Mark and Craig Titley. Um, no, no, no. Um, it's Mark's last name isn't Titley. No, Mark Guggenheim and Craig Titley. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm calling them both out because they're both terrible. Both of this. Um, Poseidon helped kill Kronos because he's like, hi, I did it just like my father did. And, you know, he wins. Uh, and then, you know, Kronos is evaporated and Luke and Grover are alive. Yay! Yay! And then Annabeth goes over to cheer him on and goes, wow, Percy, you did it. And then gets stabbed by a manticore. I love you. And then gets stabbed by the manticore. And I'm just like, oh. So here's the fake out death that we all wanted at this point in the film. Because we needed it. We needed another one, apparently. Like, Tyson wasn't enough. So, I mean, I guess they wanted to kind of recreate the whole polythemus thing. Annabeth almost dies to polythemus and da-da-da-da-da. And so... so Percy uses the Golden Fleece to heal her. Yay. Yay. Um, and then he's like, Clarice, this is your quest. Take the Golden Fleece and go do your thing. And she's like, really? He's like, yeah. And then they have respect to each other. Uh, and that's a happy ending. Yay, yay, yay. yay Which, yay. that is book accurate, where in the book, Percy, they do all get back to Florida with the Fleece. And they realize kind of like the deadline and how fast they need to get the fleece back to camp. And Percy realizes like, no, this is meant to be Clarice's quest. Also, Clarice won't get zapped out of the air if she tries to fly. So they are able to get her a plane ticket and send Clarice back to camp. And then the other three are like, look, we weren't supposed to be here anyway. Like, go save the camp. We'll figure out how to get back. Don't worry about it. And then they're saved by Chiron and the party ponies who just don't exist in this film. Well, it's explained by Clarice's prophecy, which isn't in the movie at all. Clarice gets a prophecy from the Oracle saying that she will fail unless she has people to help her. Like, yeah, unless unless like literal she realizes the prophecy a little too late, but like she does get the help that she needs. And. Bada bing, bada boom. (laughs) And then Luke shows up and then kidnaps Percy and Annabeth and Grover. Ask for the fleece. They say they've already sent it. Percy goads Luke into a big fight. 
Uh, and that's when, you know, Luke shows his real good skills at fighting for the first time. Not that we, I mean, the film already ruined it by showing us Luke versus Percy in the first film. Uh, but I feel like it would have been cool to see it in this film. I don't know about you, Ankit. I would have loved to see Backbiter. I would have loved to see Backbiter, but Backbiter needs a better name. <laughs> yeah. Is it Backbiter? Am I wrong on the name of the weapon? No, no. You have the name right. Okay, cool. Terrible name so, for a sword. Fair. Uh, so they're fighting, uh, and then and then Chiron and the party ponies, which you know where Chiron does with the rest of the centaurs show up, and they they help them, they save them, and they take them to camp. Um, and it's all good. It's all good. And then there's a chariot race in the book. I'm going to talk about the book only because the film and the book basically end in the same place. Yeah. Surprisingly. So we end up back at camp. Uh, Percy, you know, Chiron gets reinstated. Tantalus goes away because Percy uh, used a drachma through a rainbow to get an iris message to Mr. D to prove that Luke poisoned Talia's tree to free Chiron's name. Mm-hmm. So Chiron's allowed to come back to camp. Here, Tantalus is sent back, which is hilarious because Tantalus, is, Tantalus, if you don't know, is from Greek mythology. He's the guy who's done such bad things he's not allowed to eat anything. Uh, it's because he, he fed his children to the gods. Yeah, and the gods are really mad at him. Uh, well, I, I mean, like, too. it makes sense. So, uh, Tantalus finally gets a burger <laughs> right before he gets sent back. And the burger just stays in air for a second and drops. And I just think that's hilarious. I think it's just like one final mark of like, F you, man. You'll get a burger, but you won't get to eat it right before you get turned back to the underworld. Uh, yeah. Right before he gets, yeah. So there also, he is. Can we just say, Tantalus, wild choice of camp director. Wild choice. I mean, I feel like Mr. D was like, just like, hey, maybe if I can get a bad guy to be the camp director, I can then prove that I'm better than him and have my drinks back. Didn't go well, Mr. D. Didn't go well. That's my head Because he wants his drinking back. He wants to drink. That's all he wants. In the book, does it say how long he's been there? Because we know that his punishment is for 100 years. I don't know. I feel like Mr. D's been there. Had to be there before Thalia got there. I feel like he's probably been there like 20 years, maybe. Yeah, so he has 80 more to go. Yeah, it may have been stated. I'm just blanking. So, listeners, if any of you know the answer to that, um, just let us know. Because I do. I want to say that it was given. And, like, at, at some point in some book, I don't remember. It's been a little bit since I've read all the books. But I want to say that it is mentioned how much longer he has. And it's kind of like an offhanded comment. I'm just not remembering off the top of my head. Yeah. So they end up back at camp. Mr. D, you know, Chiron's back as activities director. Yay. Uh, they put the golden fleece on the tree. Yeah. gets all the credit. Percy in the book is like, I don't care. Cause I'm just happy to be part of the camp for once. He just doesn't want to be like, he doesn't want to be a hero, which is why I don't like the film version where he's like, I want to be a hero. I'm like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Percy's very okay with not taking credit for it. He's just like, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, Chiron's like, we're going to have a chariot race. And like, everyone's like, what? Cause they had a chariot race when Tantalus was in charge. It went terribly and a birds got attacked and it was not a good time. It was the whole thing. Yeah. Also, Percy and Annabeth were on opposite teams because they had an argument about Tyson. 
now that they're friends and now that Tyson and him are good, they've decided to team up again. And now it's Poseidon and Athena's cabin working together. So Percy and Annabeth work together with Tyson building a new chariot for them, which he builds a really amazing chariot and gives Percy a watch that he's been working on the entire book that turns into an amazing shield that is filled with memories of all the stuff he's done with Tyson. Yeah. Which to also- me just breaks my heart. And I'm going to give a spoiler for, I think, the third book. So Probably. if you don't want a spoiler for the third book, just skip ahead like a minute. But it's so beautiful. Like, because Tyson makes this shield. And then in the third book, the shield gets damaged in a fight. And Percy feels really, really bad. He's like, oh no, I ruined this shield. And he tells this to Tyson. And Tyson's literal reaction is, it did its job it kept you safe like tyson's not upset that the shield got broken he's just like (laughs) woohoo like it did the thing that it needed to do (laughs) and the the thing is like the shield's really like interesting in the storytelling because percy needed a shield against luke when he fought luke because luke was using a shield and like and he it didn't just, have one. It would have helped. It would have helped. And he like Tyson apologizes for not giving it to him sooner. But it's fine. Percy and Annabeth end up winning the chariot race. They win no chore privileges in camp, which is amazing. And then Tyson goes away. Tyson gets to go back to um He gets, gets to go work by his in father. the Cyclops' forges in Poseidon's realm. So and him and Rainbow get to go on an adventure. Yeah, and it's not mentioned, but Tyson is really good with his hands. Tyson's very, very good at building things. So Tyson does get close to the Hephaestus cabin and people in the Hephaestus cabin, mainly Charlie Beckendorf, who just doesn't exist in the films. But such a good character. Great character. And, you know, Tyson gets to go and you know learn from the forge which is really nice because it's not like tyson had anywhere to go in the real world yeah so they all and then percy ends up going back to his lonely cabin after tyson leaves Mm -hmm. saddened that tyson's left and everything um in the in the book you kind of just don't like tyson just kind of in the film tyson and percy are just kind of there in the camp after the film I mean, in the film, and are just, like, drinking more nectar, and it's like, we already explained why nectar doesn't work that way in the in the last episode, so if you haven't watched the last episode, please watch the last episode. Uh, and then Grover, both in the film and the book, will kind of give both what happens. Annabeth is guarding the fleece up on the top of Half-Blood Hill, where Thalia's tree is. She is guarding in the film as well, which I'm surprised they kept that in. Uh, and then Grover runs to Percy's room and says come quick there's an emergency annabeth uh percy thinks the worst so he gets dressed he he's gonna run up the hill uh i don't even think he gets dressed i think he just bolts out of his room and whatever he's wearing no it says he gets dressed in the book oh okay okay he might throw on like wearing appropriate things uh other people show up in pajamas uh he just throws on like the quickest pants and shirt that he can find or something exactly yeah it's really quick uh it's not like he takes years to get ready uh and then uh in the film percy's just at the diner uh at the where they're eating food and like he's he's like oh okay and then he runs to the tree so they both end up at the tree uh and then all of camp is there and then you hear that the the fleece worked too well uh, and then there's alive again, 
after they remove her from the tree trunk is Thalia, which doesn't ruin. That's the end of the film. That's the end of the book. In the film, Percy says like thing of like, oh, this will be either be my greatest friend or my greatest enemy. That doesn't happen in the book. It's just in the what's book. What's your name? Thalia, daughter of Zeus. That's it. In the book, I will read the ending because I really like what it says. Um, sorry, I'm just turning. I, ha- to the red I have it right here if you want me to read it. So it says, "Even Chiron, Annabeth, and Grover, who should have been celebrating this moment, were too shocked, thinking about what it might mean for the future. And I was holding someone who was destined to be my best friend or possibly my worst enemy." I am Talia, the girl said, daughter of Zeus. So, she's alive. And that is true in both the film and the book. Now, <laughs> this is why I was telling Ankit, I think they thought they would have got a sequel because they, <sighs> they did the ending. They were like, ah, hey, look, here's the girl. She back. We get sequel now. Um, and No, no. sequel. No sequel. No. So, uh... And the thing about it that always really confounds me is what I like about the book is, you know, this was Kronos's plan to get Talia to come back alive because then he would have another person to fulfill the prophecy that is the big prophecy that is explained in the last book because no one because it could be Percy or it could be any other child of the big three if they existed and got to the age of 20. Because no one says it just has to be. Well, 20 in the films, 16. No, but in the books. films, it's like two cousins fight or something. Like, I don't even oh, know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They add bullshit to it. My bad. <laughs> Book perspective, turning 16. So the first half-blood of the big three to turn 16, the prophecy will happen to. Mm-hmm. So now we have that possibility. And Kronos now can play evil mastermind more. Because uh, he always wins. That's kind of like the whole big thing about the the first two books. He kind of at the end of the first two books, you kind of feel like Chrono still won. Yeah. Um, I won't talk about the other three because we're not here to talk about the other three books. That is not what this podcast is about. I'm sorry. If you want to um, go hear about the other three books, there are tons of really good Percy Jackson podcasts out there. Go listen to one of them. I'm sure that you know they discuss the books that you were potentially hoping to hear about. We aren't sponsored yeah. by any of them, but I, I definitely listened to a couple, and they're really good. So in the film, now that Cronus is dead, because <laughs> like I get, I get like he could still come back, and like in the film they're like, "Ooh, he's gonna come back," and like yeah, Luke what's gets, the point, and Luke gets like kind of killed by the Cyclops in the book as well, in the film as well, which is weird. Uh, yeah, like he gets eaten by Polythemus at the end. Uh. I'm kind of like, I don't know. I, I think they just wanted something to cause them to possibly have a third film. Um, and yeah, but that is the end of Percy Jackson, Sea of, sea Monsters, of Monsters film, Percy Jackson and the Sea of Monsters book. Um, again, uh, my book has half, half God, half boy, half God, all hero, uh, which we noticed from the last time. My book has... A big eye on it. <laughs> yeah. My my original copy, the one in America, has a big eye on it as well. This one um, is 100% gotten from Half Price Books and doesn't actually, like, fit into this set. But, like, 
that's how I buy a lot of books. If I'm buying physical copies, I just try to buy them secondhand most of yeah, the time. I respect it. I respect <laughs> it. Yeah. Um. So, shall we uh, do our do favorite our rank- thing? Let's do our rankings. It. All right. So, so, first thing we do, rank the book. Rate the book, not rank the rate, book. Rate the book. Rate the book. We will. I will. I mean, as a bonus video, Ankit and I have talked about ranking all the books and the film and the TV show. In a, in a we're waiting for the eventually. TV show to fully come out. So f- if any listeners are curious, we're recording this in the last week of December, right before the new year hits. Like literally New Year's is in four days, which is weird to say. But so yeah. the TV show is still currently coming out. And by the time this episode comes out, I think the TV show is still going to be coming out. So if you want to hear our thoughts on the TV show, we're doing like short little things that we're going to toss up on patreon of just our thoughts on each episode and you know what we're thinking we'll do a more uh in-depth episode potentially a bonus episode maybe a full episode we'll see but we're waiting for the whole season to be done because we're we think we know that the season is following the first book but we're not 100 percent sure because we weren't in the writer's room so we're just waiting for yeah. the season to come out before we talk about whatever the season completes. Yep. So rank the book on Kit. Percy Jackson and the Sea of Monsters. What do you rate it on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 to 10. I think I rated the first one as an 8.5, if I'm yep. remembering correctly. I'm rating this one a 9. I really I, liked this book. I think I ranked this one as a... I think I'd give this one a 9.5. I think I ranked the first one as a 9, but this one's yeah. a 9.5. I think this one's just evidently better. I think Rick's getting more comfortable writing. There's more confidence in the storytelling. It You can see Percy grow. The relationship with Annabeth is getting greater. Like, we already know Grover and Percy are such good friends. It's lovely to have that kind of separation to get Annabeth and Percy's relationship building. It reminds me a lot of Harry Potter in a sense of, like, I know I always say because of Harry Potter. I know that's my big thing. But it reminds me a lot of Harry Potter. Like in the first book, it was the trio. And the second book, Hermione got knocked out. So it was just Ron and Harry for a bit. Well, she got petrified. And then in the third book, you kind of got him and Hermione. So it kind of reminds me of like, you know, it's lovely when a trio kind of gets broken down and you can see two of the members kind of get closer to each other. Yeah, I think what I like more about this series than potentially Harry Potter is you also have other friends who aren't part of the trio that are also just as strong and just as important. Like in Harry Potter, you do have Fred and George, like they're very important. You do have Ginny, who's just a boss. Um, and the film, not, not film, destroyed Jenny. Not film, Jenny, not film, Jenny, but I think what I really like about this book is that even though Grover's gone, because you still have that rule of three with a quest, you need three people, we get a lot of a new character. And we're learning about, it's not just this. Like, And I also think just the world of Percy Jackson, the way that it is set up and the concept of it, just has a broader scope. Like you have a lot more you can play with than in Harry I'm Potter. I'm not. I'm not but, here to argue which one's better. I just like that style. I love, no, it's I a love great it, style. I love it when. 
I love it when writers can really dig into a character. And oh yeah. Depth. Um, and so yeah, so that's the rating of the book. So shall we talk about the rating of the film? If you watch the film, you didn't know there was a book. First time watching, go. First time watching the film without seeing the book, I think I'd give it probably like a three and a half or a four. I think if I, I think was... I I think I'd lean to a four. I think I'd give it a four. Yeah. I think to be fair to the movie, because again, it did the whole thing I talked about last time with Star Wars, how the third Star Wars film of the sequels tried to compensate for the terrible thing that Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi. Uh, Ryan Johnson, I know you claim your movie was a masterpiece. It's not. Stop talking. Um, I Good on Knives Out, though. Knives Out was really good. Um, I haven't seen it. Onkit. Ah. Why are uh, you surprised? Why are you upset every time I tell you I haven't seen a film? At this point, you should just know that I haven't seen it. Yeah. This shouldn't come as a shock anymore. Honestly, it should come more of a shock if I say that I've seen the film. <laughs> Fair. I'm going <laughs> to give Percy Jackson Sea of Monsters a 5 out of 10. Okay. So, 50-50. Not great. Not bad. Just mediocre. Just right in the middle. Should have sure. been better. And just kind of tripped on the finish line. Yeah, I think the reason that I gave it a four is, like I said, I kind of felt like I lost interest halfway through. Mm. Not even in terms of, like, watching it as an adaptation, but just as I was watching it, I was like why is this film still on the TV? Like, I just I just felt like I lost interest halfway through. Just as a film, it, it wasn't captivating. I, I didn't even feel like... So, like, for me, if I'm saying that it's a 5 out of 10, it's usually, like, a meh, but it's a film that, like, I wouldn't mind, you know, if I'm, like, really can't find anything else i might still toss it on just to give it a shot and like you know watch it again maybe um but like yeah i i just lost interest halfway through and that's my main thing of why i said it's like a four. Oh, we could play a drinking game i mean before we grade the adaptation i was just thinking we could play a really fun drinking game we watch the first and second movie and every time either one of us gets really upset we have to take a shot so, um, this is going to be the last episode of Flip the Scripts, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Because <laughs> um, um, I need to stop giving Stephen ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's rate the adaptation, shall we? So, on a scale of 1 to 10, from book to film, how did Mark Guggenheim do? A 2. I would agree with a two. I, a I think two. we, I think we were a lot harsher on Craig, but I think we understand what Mark was trying to do, and we can respect Mark for trying to fix some of Craig's mistakes. Yeah, but at the same time, Mark, when you <laughs> struck gold, you didn't need to keep digging, man. <laughs> like you were like you were like, hey, let's fix it, and then I want to be original too. <laughs> You were like, you were like, oh look, Kronos, let's introduce him. Oh wait, let's bring him back to life. Let's have a huge fight. And no one went, Mark, 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 Mark. Just follow the book. Just 
follow the book. The book will tell you what to do. Just follow the book. It reminds me a lot of Mike Newell, who directed the fourth Harry Potter, which we'll get to eventually. But he was like, he didn't read the book before he directed the film. Because he was like, the book's just too long. It looks like a brick. That's what Craig Titley reminds me of. I feel like Craig didn't read the book. I feel like Mark read the book and went, I could do that better. So I don't know. Like, I feel like Craig was like arrogant, didn't read the book. I feel like Mark was arrogant, read the book, and then was more arrogant. (laughs) Fair. I think the big reason that I gave him a two was what we said, right? And what you just brought up again. He tried to fix some things. It didn't go well. And then he kept digging. <laughs> he, he kept digging, but an attempt was made. He made his cake, and he wanted to eat it, too. I th- yep. That has to be a shirt. That's going to be a shirt one day. <laughs> and one day. Look, ladies Words and gentlemen. Words are hard. He made a cake, he did it, too, and because of Harry Potter. Uh, TM, 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 TM. You can't use any of it. Uh, other people. Um, Wait, trademark, but- <laughs> trademark to flip the scripts, Co-op Forge, Ankit Madeira, and Steven Nyman are trademark. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, hopefully one day down the line we can get some lovely merch for you all. But currently, we're still very early on in our lovely podcasting journey. But listeners, thank you so much for listening. By all means, please leave comments on the video. Give us your ratings. What would you rate it? We would love to hear from you. You know, if you've read the book, if you've only seen the film, whatever ratings you're able to give it, we would love to hear from you and, you know, just connect with you all and understand are we just being super harsh on certain films or did you also feel the same way? We don't know. We only have our opinions. We would love to hear others' opinions. And did you happen to uh, feel a certain way about the film? Or did you notice we forgot something that you want to talk about? Don't forget to put that in the comments. Please yeah. start any any comment you want. We, we are here to listen. If you have a certain book series you want us to do eventually to film, please let us know. Let us know. And if you sign up for Patreon at a certain tier, your votes count for more. So, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, but I, it's a film. It's a film. It <laughs> was made. It was the big first blockbuster film that Alexandra Daddario landed Mm-hmm. Brandon T. Jackson and Logan Letterman had a couple of things before this, I believe, that were kind of bigger. So Logan Letterman, if I'm looking at it, Logan he, Letterman. Letterman. Well, I know that like he's been in a lot of other things. I'm just seeing in terms of like dates. I want to say that this came out after. No, this came out before Perks of Being a Wallflower. That's the main thing that I know him from, but. He did have quite a few other things like the butterfly effect and things like that beforehand. So, you know, it was still for, I think, potentially all three of them kind of like one of their bigger, earlier, um, big movies that they did. And I think they, they did as well as they could. Onkit, by the Mm. way, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Also an adaptation. Oh, I haven't seen it. 
we're gonna do it it'll be an episode uh it's only one book to one film so it'll be easy for us um <laughs> it's not so, a series what a concept so that is the end of the percy jackson series as we know it currently um because there were no other films the uh fox decided uh to axe it after the second one thank god um and we are now moving on to another franchise we are moving on to the hunger games um obviously the tv show uh of percy jackson is out currently on disney plus onkit and i are watching it weekly and talking about it weekly on our patreon you can follow us on our socials as well um and what we're hoping to do if they end up going into the third book which is the Titan's Curse, I believe is the yes. name of the third book. Uh, we're hoping to maybe do a, uh, we'll do a flip the scripts of that season with the, the Titan's Curse, if it ever gets there. We're hoping it gets greenlit for two more seasons. We'll see. We'll see. We As we see. are recording this, three episodes have come out. So Yeah, so we don't know. Uh, but There's still we're a very... lot of season one to come out. So Yeah, we're very... Uh... We're very excited to move into Suzanne Collins' The Hunger Games, uh, which has currently five films. So now we have four books and five films. Five? Yeah, so there's Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Mockingjay Part 1, Mockingjay Part 2, and then Song of us the the ballad of songbird and snakes which i know just came out last uh this month which i've seen onk it hasn't seen yet so probably by the time we have to film that it'll be on a streaming site so Uh, for context ladies and gentlemen with the hunger games and we'll talk more about this next week when we start talking about the films i somehow missed them completely Uh, I'm very enjoying that I get to introduce Anke to the Hunger Games because I think it's a great series and I think he's going to love it. I, I've read the book so far. Uh, I'm invested. So yeah. until we get to that, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week. See ya. See ya.